Oh man. Hey everybody. So uh it's not like I didn't do a podcast for October. <laughs> it's just that I've been sitting on this particular podcast um and dragging my heels. Uh by the way, uh, salute, good morning. Uh if it's morning where you are right now at this point in time and space. Um so no, there there's no snow now. We got a little sprinkling of snow here in the Sierras, um, but there's no snow here yet at the four thousand uh, foot mark. Um, and it's actually been a pretty warm, um, uh, uh, well, November <laughs> at this point. Because yes, this. Particular episode has taken me over a month to produce. So uh, let me explain. Uh, I, if you've been following this, you know I've been doing um, some BJJ um, down the hill. And uh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> Has it been a month or two? Um, and so I've been, you know, uh, readjusting. To the schedule because I'm training, um, you know, full time uh, and also teaching uh, Kung Fu as well. And uh, uh, yeah, getting used to the new schedule. Um, and also, I, I, I'm still having technical challenges. Simply because I'm I'm trying to go as low-fi, low-tech as possible. You know me. I love the challenge of trying to do the most with the least amount. That's like, you know, the thing I like to do, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, so what's been going on? Okay, let me also say that I'm going to preface the... Uh, episode this episode by saying there's content in the next segment that I, i've been very uh hesitant to put out because i'm saying things that may be misconstrued and so um and so well why why not just not put it out well because i feel like i'm self-censoring which is okay but then I'm not getting out the message, the concern that I'm trying to express, although I did not express it in the segment that you might hear. So let me express that concern now. And that is I'm noticing that um, there are a lot of Americans getting um, overweight and obese. <laughs> that's the only concern really um and so i'm trying to i don't know bring light to uh, the, something that's probably too dang obvious at this point you know um but uh the connection that i'm trying to make is the narcissism because you know us americans we pretty much are fueled on narcissism and, um, you know, it's a, it's a degree. Some people are more narcissistic than others. 
Then there is the narcissistic fuel, right? So if you're not a narcissist, you're probably fuel uh, for a narcissist. But I, uh, I think that, um, you know, what I'm really trying to express is, you know, not that I don't love or don't respect, uh, uh, you know, people that are, uh, you know, overweight or um, obese. Uh, on the contrary, people that I love the most in my life uh, have been overweight and obese. Uh, and I would never even say that I wouldn't necessarily uh, date or <laughs> fall in love with someone that was overweight or obese because I'm really not um, overly fixated on uh, how a person looks. I mean, it helps, you know, good looks always helps. But um, for me personally, it's mostly I know it's kind of corny and everybody would like to say this. Uh, it's mostly what you have inside your behavior, your attitude. Um, of course, right? But I think as we get older, and I certainly have gotten older. <laughs> I mean, at what point do you get younger, right? Um, yeah, you, you become more and more understanding of the value of that sort of thing. Um, now, however, getting unhealthy in whatever ma manner it may be, uh, you know, getting too thin, getting too much of anything, um, you know, can damage your health and be problematic. And I'm sure there's some people out there that I don't know, they're, they're meant to be big uh, uh, or, or even um, uh, what we would call fat. And I'm sure there's some people out there that are meant to be skinny. Of course, you know, we have the endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph body types. So, but I'm not talking about that, right? I'm talking about if you've just, you, you know, you're just putting too much of a strain on your heart and uh, your organs. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine carrying uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds more than what I'm already carrying. I don't even like to put, have too much stuff in my pockets. Um, and I know there are some heavy people <laughs> that man, uh, perhaps carrying on that heavy, heavier weight, <coughs> pardon me, um, makes them stronger because they got... They're, they're exercising uh, in a strange way by carrying uh, more weight. I'm sure that's the case for some as well. And so they're perfectly um, active and, uh, and whatnot. So again, I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about if you're too much of something and you're not able to go out and do the things that you would love to do, right? Um, and that could all be changed. I mean, that's, that's what I do for a living is try to help, uh, people get into shape and to stay into shape. So, um, yeah, I, I, I apologize if anybody out there has been waiting for a new episode, but boy, I have been, um, really trying to maintain 
uh, my health, not just my health, but um, uh, really keep progressing in my martial art. And um, I've, you know, ha had this wonderful opportunity to uh, start training in BJJ once again. <laughs> and um, so I've been very much fixated on that and fixated on wanting to do the trail. Now, I can't do the trail with Luna. Um, she don't have enough legs for me to do the trail with her. And I'm not going to put her, um, you know, I'm not going to have her boarded or anything while I do the trail. But boy, do I feel the trail uh, calling me. I've felt the trail calling me for <laughs> quite some time. And, um, you know, life has been um, happening instead. <laughs> you know, uh, yes, boy, have there been some detours along the way of me trying to get back on the trail. I started on the trail in 2005. The trail I'm talking about, of course, is the Pacific Crest Trail. And I started in 2005. Um, I did... I guess about a thousand miles of the trail. Um, I didn't do any of Oregon and, uh, um, and a hunk of the uh, Northern California because most of it was on fire. So, and not only that, it, it took me, oh, I guess until 2005, six, seven, 2007 to, um, you know, get Almost to Cal uh, uh, Canada. Uh, I got about 60 miles uh, to the Canadian border and decided, ah, I, I skipped too much of it. <laughs> so um, I just bailed. I figured, let me try this again. So eventually I would like to rather, one, just do the whole trail over again or to um, hit the sections that I missed. Or three, do some of the sections that I missed and go back and do some of my favorite sections like the Muir Trail and coming up through um, Candy Meadows. All those areas are quite um, phenomenal. Uh, going up Onion Valley and the Mammoth. Oh, oh, oh man, that would be really wonderful to do again. And I should say that I've probably done, I've done the Onion Valley um, a couple times. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Spent a good amount of time there and also a good amount of time going over uh, Mount Whitney. So I think I've done Mount Whitney at least two times, maybe three times. <clears throat> and oh my goodness. I mean, the reason I couldn't, continue going in 2005 was of course Lone Pine. If you're, you hit Lone Pine and you see the Alabama Hills and you're a climber, there's no way, no way you're going to just keep walking. So I had no idea if you're not familiar, if you're a climber, you haven't been to Lone Pine and the Alabama Hills. It's a lot like Joshua tree I hear, but I've never been to Joshua tree. So, um, but I've seen pictures and yes, indeed, it's sort of like Joshua Tree. 
but the Alabama Hills is a, just amazing climbing area that's at the base of Mount Whitney. Oh yeah. So the piano has been tuned except for the extreme upper range, which I don't really play too much. And uh, um, I've been getting more and more acquainted with the piano, starting to see, approach it, understand it more on the level of being like a, a harmonica. <laughs> so you can just sort of, you know, uh, I find it an easy instrument or a fun instrument to improvise um, and to also kind of just pick out songs um, that might be playing in your head. Of course, that means a bunch of AM radio style songs am radio i got am radio playing in my head uh at any given point some song that i've never listened to never liked never heard the whole thing just gets stuck in my head but i'm sure you all understand uh earworms music gets stuck in your head especially if it's just one line that goes over and over again uh, a friend of mine, Doug, says um, you should just like play, play another song. <laughs> but you don't understand, Doug. This other song is in my head, and it's just and and it's playing at eleven. <laughs> this one, this one's, this one goes to eleven. <laughs> so, so yes. I know I'm bird hopping all over the place. I want to go back on with the trail. Um, uh, I can't do it. Can't leave my dog behind. And she's coming towards the end of her journey here on the planet. Oh, makes me sad. Um, but she's doing, she's doing really well for a 13-year-old three-legged pit bull. She's still doing pretty good. Um, and she may live, uh, for as, as far as I know, she may live another few years. And this is what is really problematic is I don't know if I can wait three years. I, I, I'm having, I'm biting at the bit thinking I might have to wait another year. So this is definitely a dilemma, but I... I just have to do the right thing when it comes to dogs, right? If you're an adult and you have a dog you, uh, or a pet, right? You got to do the right thing. They, they are your best friends. I mean, Luna here has been, I've been in a relationship with this dog for 12 years. 12 years. I haven't been in a relationship with anything. I don't even think I've been in a relationship with my own parents for that long. So, um, yeah, man, when you're in a relationship like this, where it's just unconditional love, what are you going to do? Right? Unconditional love. Boy, there's a topic. You know, I think that's one of the things I, I have never been married. I've almost been married. Um, but the, I think the thing that really 
kind of um, has been a challenge in relationships is seeking that unconditional love. Yes. And, uh, and unconditional love is quite a quagmire now, ain't it? Because one, define love, right? And then the word unconditional. <laughs> so there's, there's two things you're looking for and they're both about as elusive in their definitions as can be, right? And then uh, uh, an old friend of mine <laughs> would say, drama, why all the drama? Right, but that's essentially the, the duality of life is drama and comedy. I, I have this theory that, that drama is slow motion and comedy is fast motion. Right. So when things are done fast, it's funny. When things are done slow. It's dramatic. I mean, that's it's theater direction. Right. Even uh, or cinema, cinematography uh, sort of theory there. Anyway. So, yeah, if you want to and, and right, if we're, we're running slow. Right. Or you were depressed, and, you know. Yeah, things are dramatic, and when we're going fast, we're running, and we're 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 staying active. Then things are usually up and happy. So anyway, anyway, we could pontificate on on that theory for a whole episode. Um, I actually, wow, that's right. Didn't mean to walk away from me there. But I've got some things I wanted to talk about. And, I, you know, this, I'm making up for no podcast in October. Because this is October and a November podcast. But um, some of the things I wanted to talk about. You know, I'm noticing in the media, you know, uh, that the Democrats, and I, I don't talk politics. So, uh, and, and I don't, I don't do politics, man. I, it, it's, that is just too wackadilliac. I was raised during the Nixon administration. I learned very early. That's just all whack, right? But, uh, what I do notice is the Democrats, uh, the running mates and whatnot, they're sounding like, uh, they're sounding like Trump. So, <laughs> so. I guess, I guess Trump has found the mold that now all the uh, the politicians are going to try to follow. So that's kind of weird. Um, you know, uh, it seems right now that the third world populations are putting the United States to shame regarding protesting. I mean, people are protesting out on the street, right, all over the place. And, um, and and by the millions, they're protesting. Now, I know we, you know, as Americans, we sometimes protest, right? Like if they're going to stop America's Got Talent or something. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, man, we we need more protesting of the whack, idiliac stuff that's happened. Um, just, you know, human rights stuff. 
that's that's pretty much the focal the focal point. Human rights, which of course environmental rights are they're intrinsically connected. Uh, we know that, right? Doesn't matter how much damn money you got. So, um, a, a little side note I wanted to make because. I think people think that nationalism has always been. Um, if you know history, you know that nationalism is a relatively new thing. Uh, kind of really got a, its start in World War One, and by 1919, nationalism became a thing. And it became a thing by way of segregating and, and, and lies. Nationalism is such an amazing, grotesque lie, folks. Uh, it's ridiculous, right? Uh, the world was more of a melting pot uh, prior to 1919 um, than it has ever been. Uh, we've now become bullshit nationalists. It's just absurd. Anyway, uh... You know, as a martial arts instructor, I've noticed that martial arts, uh, they seem to attract exceptional people. What, do I, what I mean by that is um, like some of the people that I have trained, uh, like a cliff diver, um, uh, a, a judge. Right. Um, you know, of course, cops and military, uh, but also some exceptional in the negatively exceptional, <laughs> like murderers. Um, I, it's amazing how many murderers uh, have kind of walked through the doors. And of course, it makes sense, right, that those kinds of people would seek you out to, um, you know, figure out how to do things, but, uh, maybe I'll talk about that, uh, on some other podcast on some other episode. Um, but yeah, there's been a few, um, uh, murderers and serial killers that <laughs> it's not funny, but it's just, it's, that's nervous laughter right there. Very strange. Um, Okay. So I, I'm trying to, I'm hitting all these bullet points here in my brain. Uh, saying what you mean takes practice, right? And so most people just shut the fuck up. Um, but I'm going to agree with Joe Rogan on this. And I think that everyone should do a podcast. And I agree, man. And even more importantly, I think the people that I know, if I know you, I would like you to do a podcast and get the anchor app and it's so freaking easy and do a podcast. Don't add music. Don't add any of the stupid stuff <laughs> like I do, right? Transitions. You don't need to do any of that stuff. Just talk just like I'm doing right now. Just talk because I would, man, that would be so awesome to listen to my friends uh, about their day, what they're doing. Um, I, I think it'd be awesome. I don't really listen to many podcasts. There's not enough time in the day to produce and then listen to many podcasts, but I would certainly seek out podcasts from my friends. 
So, um, and, and I think the problem is that when people do these sorts of things, they expect to have great audiences. Man, the only audience that you'll really have are people that appreciate you. And that's only going to be a small number of people, especially if you're a unique human being. There are not going to be a lot of people that appreciate you. <laughs> so uh, I think it's an awesome format for one, for the people that do appreciate you to drop in and listen to you. And then two, to gain real appreciation over time. Um, so there it is. I think I've been, I've been pumping the anchor app and podcast for a while now. And there I go doing it again. Another element, appreciate. Appreciation versus gratification. Now, I, I think I've, I've made too much of a hoo-ha over one not being the other. And of course, they're somewhat intrinsically, uh, if, uh, yeah, yeah, somewhat intrinsically. I don't think you'd say those two words together. But I think they're certainly intrinsic. They're, they're, uh, to show a pre, uh, the show of uh, the gratification is a show that uh, you appreciate something. <laughs> but appreciation is the act of, right? So I think gratification, I, th I think, can sometimes be easier because you can just, you know, placate gratification. It's hard to placate appreciation. So anyway, <clears throat> there we have it. I, I definitely think gratification is important. Show gratification. But appreciation is certainly um I think, personally, um, more important because when you appreciate something, then you can truly um, show gratification uh, or express gratification through appreciation. Anyway, semantics, semantics, semantics. Um, Germans and turkeys. Uh, I wanted to talk about that. Germany and Turkey. World War One. So check this out. <clears throat> John Galen Locke, L-O-C-K-E. He was a homeopath and actually converted to Islam. Um, and he was a German uh, military man. And uh, let me see. No, 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 no. John Galen <laughs> Locke. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not I'm talking about somebody else here. I'm getting my things mixed up. John Galen Locke, yeah, you know, is the Grand Dragon of the KKK uh, in Colorado during the 1920s, which was huge. Okay, now I'm getting my thing right. And um, back then, they actually infiltrated the Republican Party in. Uh, Colorado and all of the Republican Party in Colorado um, was part of the KKK. Um, so, yeah, I think that's somewhat different from uh, who the Germans and Turkey and who it was that 
because that's true as well, but not the name. There is a German officer or a high-ranking German military guy in Turkey conferred, conv uh, uh, converted to Islam in order to get them to join the German army in their attempts. Uh, World War One, World War Two. I don't know. I'm going to have to look more into that. These are more side notes. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is the voice of reason. And we have, <laughs> we have gotten so youth culture oriented, which uh, I, I think is disgusting. And not because I'm an old guy, just because youth culture, kids and young people need to learn from old people. I mean, yes, it's a two-way street, but it's not an equal two-way street. It shouldn't be an equal two-way street. Old folks uh, should have lots of things to share with the kids, and kids should have a few things to share with the old folks. But uh, I, I don't, I guess things aren't really that way. I think they should be that way. In other words, uh, like for instance, climate change. Now, uh, pro or con against, for or against climate change, I think we can all agree that having children speak for climate change is really silly. Come on. They're only mimicking at best they're just mimicking uh, the the sensibilities of um of their indoctrination they they couldn't possibly have done the studies necessary to make assessments on the complex issue of climate change all right so uh i love you all thank you well most of you you know <laughs> thanks for listening this is Integrity Radio. I am your host, Z. Stay tuned. I have more for you. Thank you.
Hey everybody, this is Z, and you're listening to episode 21, season 3 of the Integrity Radio Show. I'm your host, Z, and I am flying by the seat of my pants here, (laughs) as usual. I'm doing what could only be called high-tech lo-fi. That's right. I'm, I'm playing a keyboard, uh, and with this keyboard, I'm playing the, uh, the iPhone, and I'm recording it <laughs> with the tablet. This whole thing is being recorded with a tablet right off the speaker, so yes, you too can go lo-fi. I'm going to play little keyboard here. Check this out. I don't know how hard that is to hear. We'll find out, won't we? So I won't go too crazy here. Actually, why don't I just noodle and talk? It's probably the best policy. Now, I love lo-fi because lo-fi is tenable for the common man. I mean common man, I'm talking about somebody they can't afford to keep up with the tech. But the whole idea is to never break the chain, right? Stevie Nicks says. Never break the chain. (laughs) And Integrity Radio here is one of the one of the longest chains I've probably created here. Look at that. Doing martial arts and playing music. I don't know about that stuff. You know, I mean, never break the chain. Sometimes the chain gets broken. And then you have to fix the chain, right? That's reasonable. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I suppose Stevie Nicks has made it common wisdom (laughs) that in relationships or in jobs or, you know, in many things, it is disadvantageous to break the chain. I've been thinking a lot about self-talk, especially in relation to anger. What is self-talk, you may ask? Well, self-talk is essentially that voice in your head that no one else hears. Yeah, I mean, no one will really ever hear that self-talk. Well, here's what I've been thinking, and that is, from what I've been able to gather, 
that self-talk is by nature negative. And it's negative because it's part of that biological function of ours. Is there a saber-toothed tiger behind that rock? Now, there might not be a saber-toothed tiger behind that rock, but it is that sort of biological function that have allowed us to uh, procreate and live and um, essentially be the dominant species here on the planet. Now, I, I say dominant species with a certain amount of trepidation. I mean, there is the microbiome and all. <laughs> well, I was thinking about how Anchor might be like something that uh, would help with self, negative self-talk, you know? I think I'll turn the music down. It gets a little bit too... I think five minutes of that was just enough, huh? So, um, yeah, you know, because when we speak, when we talk, like in podcasts or when we're doing, uh, providing content on social medias, that's not self-talk. That's stuff that's converted into what we want the rest of the world to think <laughs> about us, right? So Anchor makes it really easy, right? It's interesting. I'm not doing a, a, an Anchor uh, commercial here, by the way, but I'm just making a point that Anchor does make it really easy to, um, you know, to do this sort of thing. So uh, just thinking of some of the, the positives of Anchor, right? Of just being able to pick up your phone and do a podcast, which, regardless of how many people listen, probably really helps with the self-talk, which, of course, is predominantly negative. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have positive self-talk, but that's unnatural. And I don't have anything against unnatural. <laughs> But it does seem to be a biological, natural thing for self-talk to be negative. And, uh, and of course, we just have to ignore that because there is no longer the equivalent of the saber-toothed tiger behind the rock. There are dangers. There are things that we have to sort of um, beware of, for sure. But the threat is no, uh, uh, nowhere near what it used to be in our early evolutionary state. So that self-talk, negative self-talk, for the most part, again, this is from what I've gathered, the information that I've been able to gather on the subject thus far, that um, we should ignore that negative self-talk. And um, what better way to ignore it than to formulate actual, um, you know, reasonable conversation and talk by way of anchor. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I want to jump back to the breaking the chain because breaking the chain of training 
you know, uh, for me, what I'm talking about here is uh, martial arts. Um, man, when you start training and you get into the habit of it, it really is quite painful to not do it. Very challenging. So um, that's another interesting example of breaking the chain. Um, because once you break that chain, then you create a new habit. And that habit typically would be contrary <laughs> to the other habit that you wanted to maintain, the, you know, training, uh, keeping yourself healthy and fit and whatnot. So it's interesting. That's why I kind of mean by repairing the chain. You know, sometimes you get sick, you get injured. Uh, if you've got spouse, if you've got family, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that can break the chain. And I think that it's uh, important to know that you can repair that chain. You can pick the ball up. It's just not going to be easy. And I know that's what we're hardwired for, to try to make things easy and stay on the easy train. But, you know, that has um, limited returns, right? What do they call that? The um, uh, limited returns. You can only go so far with that. Forget the phrase that's used there. Um, So what's going on here in California right now as we speak? It's uh, October, third day, towards the end of October, and we're coming up on blackout, California blackout 2019, number two, supposedly. So we'll see. I bet you all those preppers out there are highly vindicated now saying, see, see? <laughs> so everybody that has their... Uh, generators and their stacks of ammo and food <laughs> are, are just, well, appropriately so, probably smug as can be. Oh boy, here we go. I almost had a near case of coffee abuse. And I started making some and then forgot all about it so uh yeah where were we i know we were talking about the vindication and the smugness of preppers here in california <laughs> um here in el dorado county in the sierra nevadas it's a little less like the uh, a lot of other parts of california very pro gun out here for the most part I would say. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens. It could happen right while we're doing the broadcast here. How exciting. <laughs> so, you know, fitness as a priority, I think, helps with the overwhelming complexity of life. Yeah, because you got to admit, regardless of uh, what you feel about the origins of life, the one thing we have to admit 
we both have to admit is the complexity. And, and life is simple. I mean, you know, biologically, when you break things down, it becomes very simple. Of course, maybe that's why, um, you know, the proponents of intelligent design um, are so puzzled by... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to open that can of worms, but we can both agree that life is complexity. And, but it, it's complexity that comes from simplicity. So, so I think the confusion is, is how do you get such complexity out of what's being pointed at as such simplicity and so that's okay that's what i'm trying to exp uh, point out here and that is there's a thing called history and i think that's why we hate history so much we why history has never been made palatable until you know more recently now of course we love history but when i was in school history was just that's where you fell asleep you and it was not ever made very interesting. Maybe some of you had some great history teachers out there. It's awesome. But history, which is time, and lots of it. I mean, even if we're talking 2,000 years, that creates quite a complexity. But really, we're talking 10,000, 50, 100,000 years. It, perhaps even more. I don't know. And so... The simplicity over time creates complexity. I mean, you can walk away from an empty room and leave it empty for a hundred years. And when you come back, what will you find? Not one piece of dust, but a complexity of dust that has gathered. Uh, maybe that's not the best simile, but I think it's a fair simile. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm not trying to make an argument for the origins of life as much as I'm trying to point out a solution to that overwhelming complexity that is life. And that is making fitness a priority. I know it's uh, maybe simple. Some of you may take this for granted. But I haven't met many of you. <laughs> everyone I know, almost everyone, not everyone, but almost everyone I know um, does not have fitness as a priority. I mean, as a society, we certainly don't. You know, the way we treat our environment, the way we treat the land, the way we even treat our relationships. That is not conducive to fitness, physical fitness, mental fitness, which, as you may know, I pretty much lump those in the same thing, right? So, just some things to think about. Um, 
then something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Here's some coffee. Here's to you. Yeah, I wanted to... Um, almost a year now, over nine months, something like ten months now, I have been um, a bachelor. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't say the whole nine, ten months I've been a bachelor. Uh, just because, you know, you have that period, that mourning period of being out of a relationship. But I have been out of a relationship and, uh, and even more recently sort of kind of just looking at the menu. I'm really serious about purchasing, <laughs> but definitely looking at the menu and there is something that I'm noticing and listen, what I'm going to say, I want to say as an observation and not as a preference. This is not my personal opinion or anything. I, I'm not trying to shame anyone. But my God, I can't believe how fat, obese women are. And I like me a, a, a big woman. I, don't get me wrong. If you, uh, you know, if you're a big woman and uh, you carry it well, there, there ain't nothing more sexy to me. But what I'm seeing is just a staggering amount of obesity in young women uh, all throughout the age groups. Um, and well, of course, what also what I'm seeing is just uh, there people that are naturally young and fit and um, and just kind of. <laughs> Well, okay, let's say, that, oh, now I'm, now I'm risking being a, a negative freak here, but it seems if they're fit and uh, uh, young and fit, then it also tends to be that they're kind of, oh boy, no, I'm, I'm not going to make these generalizations. I will make this generalization. I think it's a fair generalization. I'm sorry for jumping around here. But, you know, this is live. I'm flying by the seat of my pants, like I said. I just think that there is an amazing amount, maybe it's where I'm at here, of obese women. I'm not seeing the same amount of obese men. Again, maybe I'm just not looking at the men and there's plenty of fat guys out there. But no, I'm pretty sure. That the fat women are far outnumbering the fat men right now. So, I've just been wondering about that, you know. And I have empathy, you know. I have empathy for, for people that have problems of that nature, you know. I have empathy for people that have problems of all kinds of nature. Like I said, this is, I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm just saying it's an observation. And I'm wondering if it is the same connected to another observation, which is a growing amount of narcissistic women. Now, um, again, I have great empathy. We've lived in a male dominant 
a non-empathetic male-dominant world for a while. Or at least that's how it appears to me. But I think that the, the scales are getting tipped right now. Yeah. And because those scales are getting tipped, uh, we may have a disproportionate amount of women now that are psychotic or psychopathically <laughs> narcissistic. And the reason I'm saying this is it, it seems that narcissism is about the only thing that would allow you to get so out of shape and so obese, you know, uh, because you would have to assume that others are going to do things for you <laughs> because you're too fat to do them yourself. You're too out of shape to do them yourself. So, um, and I've seen that. I've seen, you know, healthy men catering to their obese women. It's almost like, you know, keeping a fat cow around or something. So, um, I don't know. I wish there's something that I could do about this. But, um, much like gravity, I think it's a gravity matter. Meaning, uh, there are certain things that you, we just can't do anything about and gravity is certainly something that none of us can do anything about gravity our number one uh enemy that in time right so again all of this is kind of tying in together i don't know if you've been able to follow me on this but time and breaking the chain and fighting internal self-talk, negative self-talk, prepping, maintaining fitness as a priority, and the growing issue of obesity and pathological narcissism. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's not all connected as much as I don't I can say this much. That recording by the seat of your pants. <laughs> makes me laugh nervously. And with that... I think I'll play some music as an outro. How's that? Hey, thanks for joining me here. And um, <clears throat> thanks for joining me in not breaking the chain. And um, remember, I've got a couple websites out there if you want to indulge. maunakawa.com if you want to get in shape. I offer programs here in the Sierras and also online. M-A-U-N-A-K-A-U-A dot -A -A com. Maunakawa means 
Fight Mountain, which refers to that mountain of ignorance and arrogance that we have to fight within ourselves. Also have another website. Anyone out there interested in air guns? Air guns are really what helped to discover America. Lewis and Clark used an air gun. They did not use firearms. They used an air gun. But anyway, I have a website called pickingadaisy.com. And there you can see my collection of Daisy BB guns. I probably will be adding some standard pellet guns as well to the collection. So stay tuned on that. And of course, you can check out all of my episodes all three seasons at anchor.fm slash integrity. Integrity Radio.